Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing More than a feeling To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save your life To be powered by love Well, I'll say we're having some church up in here today, huh? Uh, Great singing, uh, joyful people gathered to celebrate this day. And so again, just a big thank you for being here. On behalf of Jeremy and uh, everyone, this is just a great day for the church. And uh, for us, again, welcome to Elk River Lutheran Church. Uh, Jeremy has been here for a little over three years, and it has been a wonderful three years. And so uh, it's great to see many familiar Elk River Lutheran faces in this crowd as well. And so uh, if you're here for the first time, you kind of realize Elk River Lutheran's a little bit different church. Uh, Stick around while you'll learn it's in more ways than one, Uh, but we are in an old bank building, in case you were wondering, so that's kind of different. Uh, If you look that way in the fellowship hall, you can see some old vault doors, because the bathrooms are the old vault. (laughs) Safest bathrooms in town, I tell you what. And we got some jokes that we sometimes tell about why it's such a good idea to have a church in an old bank, so... Might as well share them since you're here. Uh, Why is it such a good idea to have a church in an old bank? Jesus saves. Come on, you see? And uh, why do so many people come to our church in a bank? Because it's a great place to make change. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And what do savings accounts in my sermons have in common? Very low interest. Uh, um, So uh, here we go with the very low interest sermon. Uh, Especially, you know, with all these pastors here in these front rows, I'm reminded of what George Burns said was the key to the good sermon. All you good church folks will appreciate this. George Burns said the key to a good sermon is to have a really great opening, a really great closing, and to have them as close together as possible. And so uh, the way my wife says, she says, always says, if you can't be good, at least be short. Uh, I think, okay, okay, so I will do my best here today. Uh, but it's so fun because I look at this group. It's an eclectic gathering of people here. Jerry, an eclectic group that you probably know and appreciate in more ways than I do even as I look out. But what I do know is we have a whole bunch of people who are here for uh, one of two main reasons, or maybe a little bit of both. Uh, One is you just love the church. Maybe you're just someone who goes to every ordination around. Sweet. You love the church. And not just this church, but I'm talking capital C church. You love church. And then we also got a whole lot of people here who love Jeremy Hallquist. Uh, Yes. 
And then there are a lot of us that check both those boxes, that love this church, that love Jeremy, and that makes this day just such a privilege to be a part of, such a joy to be a part of. That's how I feel, and I know that's how you all feel because you came to church on a Saturday morning. I mean, you know, and a lot of you will probably be at church tomorrow morning too because you're good church folks. So I want to uh, share in this message and kind of structure it with this idea that I think uh, I'm going to share, and you'll either think, wow, that's so profound, Nathan, you're, that's amazing. Or you'll think, that's such a dumb pun, I can't believe that's uh, the main point you're trying to make here. I don't know if you'll be like amazed at the profundity or disgusted by the dad jokery, uh, but here it goes. Jeremy, you are called to be a pastor, but what if I told you, I don't think you're called just to be a pastor, but a future Get it right? Like a pastor, yes, but not just someone who's committed to upholding the ways of the pastor, the way things have been, but to be committed to living into God's future that God's calling us into, not just a pastor, but a future. And I think we all happen to be called to be futures in that way, living into this future of God. And I think the best way that we live into that future is to by living fully in the present, attuned to who God is calling us to be, what God is calling us to. So in that sense, we are pastors, futures, and presenters. Yeah, see? A combination of profound and bad dad jokery. But I think it really is something there that we are pastors, but also futures grounded in the present, presenters. So uh, as we think about that, that's how I want to structure the message. So I want to first by talking about this pastor part, because the past does matter. Each of us carries a past with us. Many of you know Jeremy and know some of his story. You know stories of joy and triumph, great times, as well as real hardships and challenges in life. That's a story for a lot of us. We all carry our past with us. And as people of faith, as good church folks, we also carry the story of the church with us, the story of Scripture and the story of church. And so when we read in the Bible, it goes all the way back to Jesus calling those first disciples, calling them to be disciples who will later become apostles. And he says, cast down your nets and follow me and I will make you fish for people. And all of a sudden, those disciples who become apostles become the fuel that starts the Jesus movement. Then you fast forward a little bit, you get to Jesus' death on Good Friday, resurrection on Easter morning, and those appearances like we read here this morning where in Matthew he appears and he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the Gospel of John, he shows up and he says, Peace be with you. And then it says, Jesus breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are forgiven them. That breath of God, that simple air that's anything but simple, becomes the breath of the church moving forward. Fast forward to uh, Pentecost Day where all of a sudden you have tongues of fire raining down and everyone says, holy cow, they're drinking at nine in the morning. And other people say, no, they're not drunk for this is the Holy Spirit. Don't you remember what the prophet said? Don't you remember that the prophet said right here in my notes, receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. Oh, how did I get lost here? Oh, yeah. 
I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Tongues of fire raining down, the spirit of God as fire become the spark that lights the fire of the church that's still burning as we gather here this morning 2,000 years later. It's an amazing thing. For then 2,000 years, the Holy Spirit has been holding this church together, compressing us together, a whole bunch of sinners and saints. I don't know which one you are. No, I do. All of us, uh, not just sinners over here, saints over here, but all of us sinners and saints as one and the Holy Spirit binding us together, holding us together, compressing us, compression you could call it. Uh, Any of the gearheads here realize what I'm doing? Jeremy does. Uh, Maybe a few others. These are the things that founded the church. It was fuel. Air, spark, compression, those things started the church. The fuel of discipleship, the air, that breath of God, the spirit, the fire, the spark that lit it all, and the Holy Spirit compressing, holding us together. Fuel, air, spark, compression. Those are the things you needed to start your car to drive to church today. Do you realize those are the things needed for an internal combustion engine to run Why would I bring that up? That's so weird. Most of you know that Jeremy's a car guy. Jeremy is a car guy. His family are car guys. A lot of chargers driving around. And so he has fixed up a lot of cars over the years. And over my time, as I've been driving this old car, a 1974 Volkswagen Beetle, every time it doesn't start, which is often, I call Jeremy, I say, Jeremy, what in the world? This car won't start. And the advice is almost always the same. You go back to the basics. It's got to be either fuel, air, spark, or compression. If you have those four things, it should be running. The problem is, if you've worked on cars or if you've ever just looked under your hood and then went, oh, no, <laughs> you realize that there's a hundred different parts and mechanisms that make those simple elements work together in this complex way, and they have to be attuned perfectly for that car to run and for it to start perfectly. They all have to be working together perfectly or else stuff goes wrong. Isn't that the church, baby? <laughs> Isn't that the church? The, the, the formula is pretty simple. Uh, God says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. Bada bing, bada boom, church, away we go. The problem is, two or three, that's enough to disagree. Uh, two or three, that's enough to have some arguments, to go sideways a little bit. And if you've been around the church for a while, you know that things can go sideways somewhere, sometimes. Maybe you've been a part of that. The amazing thing is, God has called this group of people to be the futures leading us into this future, leading into God's future. Against all odds, this group of people here are the church folks that are leading into this future. And Jeremy, you've been called to be a pastor, leading into this time as a future. All of us futures together. And so we think about our past and how we carry it with us, our own and the scriptural past that we carry with, and we think, how does that shape the future? What does the future hold? I have no idea. (laughs) I don't think any of us really know for sure, but I know when the prophet Isaiah in this reading said, you know, heard a voice saying, cry out, the dutiful prophet stepped up to the microphone and said, all right, 
what do, what do I cry, right? <laughs> like, what, what do I cry out? And that's when the voice continued and said, there's going to be a lot of change. We know that much. There's going to be things that are going to change, things that are going to pass away. But no matter how the grass withers, no matter how much the flowers fade, the word of the God will stand forever. That much we can know. There's a lot of things we can worry about with our own personal lives, with the life of the church. There are a lot of things we can worry about. But maybe you remember Jesus saying, worrying, by worrying you can't add any days to your life. And I can also promise you by worrying you can't add any life to your days. And so, living into the future, an unknown future, is in large part about living fully present where we are as presenters. We're about paying attention to what is going on in our midst. Where is God showing up? Where is God leading us to? That's all present work. And so, pastors, futures, presenters. During the pandemic uh, here at Elk River Lutheran Church, there were four of us who gathered here to lead online worship at a table right here. And for a time, we read the poetry of Mary Oliver. And so I want to come to a close by sharing this poem from Mary Oliver. And uh, it was a poem that it was really beautiful. And it's a poem where that day, Jeremy shared a piece of insight, a little nugget of brilliance that was so good that I've stolen it and preached it numerous times in different places. Uh, and, and I'll confess, not always credited him. So, so hear me today. This is Jeremy's brilliance here in reflecting on Mary Oliver's brilliance as she talks about the beauty of creation, this created world with the presence of God that we get to be a part of that also sometimes feels lonely. And yet there's a promise that even in the midst of feeling that loneliness, we're not alone. Here's what Mary Oliver writes in this poem, Wild Geese. She writes, You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear, clear pebbles of rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clear blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. We all have a place in this family of things. The promise is that no matter how lonely we might feel sometimes, we have a place and belonging. Like the poet says, when we let the soft animal of our body love what it loves, we receive love and we share love. That is what life is about. It's what this life of faith is about, sharing and receiving this love, experiencing the blessings of a created world and community that we're called to be a part of. And so uh, during this time of year, you've maybe noticed there's some geese flying around. Uh, they're flying back. Some are heading further north. Some are making their summer homes here in Minnesota. And the funny thing about geese, when you see them, 
they make a bit of noise, don't they? Uh, They honk and they make a ruckus. You've heard it before. They're going crazy. And so here's where this brilliant insight that Jeremy shared comes into play. Because the funny thing is, what scientists tell us is that the way geese fly in formation in their kind of impressive Vs, the way they fly in formation is by sight, by seeing the other geese around them, and by touch, by touching wingtips and feeling the wind coming off the goose in front of them. And so all of that honking and noise and ruckus that they're making is simply to let each other know that they are there, that they are a part of a flock, that they're not alone, that they are a part of this family of things. That's kind of what we're doing here today as we celebrate this day in Jeremy's life and ministry. It's really what we do throughout most of our lives is work to remind ourselves and each other that we are not nearly as alone as it feels sometimes, but that we are a part of something bigger and greater than ourselves. We're a part of this family of things. And so right here in this room right now, I know there are a lot of people who Jeremy has spent a lot of time honking with you over the years, right? Uh, All over the place, right? In in Dayton, in Minneapolis, and Moorhead, Big Lake, Becker, here at Elk River, soon to be down in Worthington. And so we think about that and we remember that now as you prepare to fly south to Worthington, just know that a lot of us geese who are going to be a little further away now... We go with you in spirit, and I just think that every time in the times when you might feel a little bit lonely or distant from us, just crack the window and we'll honk really loud for you to call. And you can remember that we are here because we love you this day and for your whole ministry to come. We're so excited for it. Now, that's just a metaphor. You'll probably want to text us or call us, uh, and we will answer Because we do love you, and we're excited for you, for your family, for this day. We're really excited for Worthington and a little jealous. Uh, But that's the blessing, that we are a part of this family of things. This kind of, you know, all beautiful, complicated body of Christ that we call the church. All of us, together, pastors, futures, presenters, all together as one. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money. Don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.